You're listening to the Buildify Method Podcast, where we're all about mindset, systems, and profit. As a nationally recognized business consultant, coach, and speaker, your host, Aaron Keith, is passionate about supporting the entrepreneur community by sharing his knowledge gained from coaching over 10,000 entrepreneurs in nearly 20 years at companies ranging from billion-dollar enterprises and celebrities all the way to Main Street and small startups. Each Buildisode's blunt, no-bullshit conversation is led by Aaron along with his co-host, Ryan Coyne, a veteran tech consultant and nationally recognized speaker. Each week, Aaron and Ryan deconstruct mental and physical aspects of the topics that challenge all successful entrepreneurs, while also providing coaching, insight, and specific advice on distinctions that affect all growth-minded entrepreneurs. So listen up. It's time to work on your business, not just in your business. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Aaron Keith, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Ryan Coyne. We have a really special guest that we're very honored to have with us today. So Ryan, please tell us who we get to work with today. Aaron, I couldn't be more pumped up to introduce Mr. Alec Stern. Alec Stern is an entrepreneur, speaker, mentor, and investor. He has become known as America's startup success expert for performing hundreds of keynote speeches worldwide and for his popular sessions at top conferences like Secret Knock, CEO Space International, City Summit, Power Team International, and Habitude Warrior. He's been a co-founder or founding team member of eight startups with five exits, two of them IPOs and three of them acquisitions. As a primary member of Constant Contact's founding team, Alec was one of the original three who started the company in an attic. Alec was with the company for 18 years from startup to IPO to a $1.1 billion acquisition. He was selected to the Influence 100 Authority list by Influence Magazine. And in 2020, he was a two-time Visionary Award winner at top conferences for his success as an entrepreneur and for his work helping startups and entrepreneurs. Alec, wow, with a resume like that, Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, my pleasure. It's, uh, it's great to be here with you guys. Uh, I look forward to, to chatting. Absolutely. So uh, the first question that I have for you, you both is culture is such a pivotal component to an organization. And a little birdie named Aaron told me that you're really into this topic. How are you able to instill culture into the fabric of such a large company? Yeah, so so I mean, it starts from the beginning. You know, when we were three in three in an attic, and you know, we we all were passionate about small businesses. We were passionate about uh, the very small businesses on Main Street, which were all over the world, um, and we wanted to to make a difference with offering something that would help them, um, you know, meet their goals and objectives in, in growing their business. Um, and it started it started there. You know, uh, as we were bringing other people in. You know, we, we wanted to make sure that they also had the same passion to, to you know, stay local or localer, you know, and working uh, uh, and shopping and supporting their, you know, their local businesses. And so, so, you know, I think, you know, that was sort of one of the original things around the culture. It was just, you know, the, you know we all were like-minded to want to do what we could to raise the water level of small businesses all over. And then from there, it was really setting sort of the, the you know, the kind of the premise around, how do we do that? And, and the first first thing we all, you know, uh, the mantra we all uh, lived by in any area of the company was uh, delight the customer. Mm. And whatever you were working on, we wanted to make sure that you were you were always working toward delighting the customer. So if you were an engineer and you were coding something and you you had a deadline and you were going to rush to get it out, but it might be friction, you know, it might have mm. friction for the customer 
or they may not they may not um, have uh, have the best experience with it, then raise your hand and we we maybe halt bringing it to market until it it does delight the customer. So wow. we did it across company. That's impressive. So what is something that had you become so interested in customer experience and customer service? Yeah, so so uh, I'm not I'm not new to helping small businesses. In fact, it's it's a it's been a passion of mine for a long time. And I was in, in uh, prior businesses and uh, prior prior to Constant Contact, where I was working on uh, you know uh, platforms for applications to be developed to help small business. I worked on uh, you know payment systems. I worked on catalogs on the net, which just became sort of general websites and mm-hmm. brochureware on the web. Uh, and then started doing some stuff with e-commerce, and and then the, the, the constant contact was moving to the front of uh, helping them with uh, marketing and you know staying top of mind and driving traffic you know back into their store and and having current customers tell others and get more revenue and all the sort of the goals that they were looking for. So we wanted to be on the on the on kind of on the on the front end of that uh, with customer engagement and and nurturing you know customer relationships. That's brilliant. So when you're, when you're there with your team and I'm just trying to imagine this, right? Because, you know, with one of my companies, I have about 12 employees and to me, that's large, you know, you have, you know, thousands of employees, what kind of structure did you have to use to get that culture in place? Yeah. So, so, you know, the, the moving from an attic where we know we had uh, folks, we then went to a basement where we had room for about 30 or 40 people. Uh, and then we kind of moved around a little bit until we finally set, settled in on a building that we could we could continue and expand and grow. And some tenants were gracious enough to move out of our way and and, some, and eventually off the floors we we needed. And uh, and so so you know as as you're growing, I mean there's there's different points, uh, inflection points in scale. And mm-hmm. you know I mean you know when we when we sold the company, we had 1,500 people. And so wow. um, you know we had an amazing management team. Uh, we had an incredible, you know, HR team that really, you know, um, organizational development and and sort of all the things that that we needed to to instill that. But you then have the challenges of the reality of day to day. And so mm-hmm. I remember there were points in time when we were scaling where somebody could come into the company as an individual contributor, and within six weeks could be managing, a, you know, a few, and within you know another six to ten weeks could potentially be a manager of a group. Oh my you know, gosh! When you're moving that fast. Um, you know, we really needed to make sure that the you know that the culture was instilled in everyone, uh, and that it that it would be able to sort of uh, assimilate into those that come in when when you know they're when they're being asked to take on roles where where they're they're looked up to. And in the case of you know uh, how how they're how they're uh, um, uh, uh, showing their 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 aspects of the culture around delighting right. the customer and helping small business and so forth. Can I ask you, did you find that there were more people that were willing to take the leadership role um, and perhaps, you know, thrust that responsibility upon themselves, you know, the kind of people who want to take charge and, you know, kind of shy towards that as opposed to away from it, or or more people that were thrust into the role and kind of had to sink or swim? Um, and how did you identify who was fit for that? Well, you, you know, I mean, as you're, you know, at, at some points in, in sort of scale, when things are happening real fast, you know, you don't necessarily have the luxury of time to, 
Hmm. To, you know, when, when, when six weeks later, someone might be managing others, um, you know, at that at sort of the peak of that that rapid growth. Um, but I think you know we were really, uh, I, you know, I mean, hats off to the 1,500 people we had because they were the ones that made the difference. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, we had 8,000 partners, 1,500 employees, and you know, a million customers w- that were uh, paying us. And so, so you know, it was a it was a combination of a lot of moving parts there for our success. But but we we were fortunate to bring in great. You know, we we hired great great people. And so uh, we you know we sort of made sure we didn't bring anyone in that that would you know, uh, you know leave egos at the door. Uh, leave politics, you know, p- being political and trying to like weave your way and muscle your way ahead. Like we had a lot of great people and, and uh, uh, many that want to roll up their sleeves and do whatever to help. And, you know, you had to wear a lot of hats, you know, at times that, you know, maybe you didn't want to, but we all had to, you know, like, t- you know, everyone, you know, everyone in the early days being on the customer service line, support line to answer customer questions. And, and so, so, you know, once you, you know, if your culture, uh, you, you know, if your culture uh, is sort of set set early and it and it sort of evolves with with the group and as more people mm-hmm. come in, it evolves. You know, the um, if you have the right cult, culture and the right experience, um, you know, work experience that people people love, uh, then it leads to a lot of things. For example, half the people in our company were 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 referrals from an existing employee. Wow. So, I mean, that tells you that if, you, if you've done something right then, and they want to bring their friends in, and in some cases, the, the bloodline of a group of 8, 10, 20, 20 you know, employees came from, from like they all were to co- in college together or, or, or were tied to their sports teams or, yeah. or the, their extracurricular things. And so, so that, that just showed us that you know, we, were on, we were on to something and we're doing it right. And, and listen, it wasn't you know, rosy and perfect all along. Of course. Um, and and I remember, uh, you know, I I oftentimes was was pulled in in as many interviews, you know, for for key key folks as possible. And I also want to interview new people on the front lines on support or uh, customer support or our um, you know marketing engagement, uh, you know, consultants that help customers that are op- opening trials, for example. Mm-hmm. And I would you know, ask, I would say, look, I have no control over you getting this job or not. You know, those the all the other folks you're going to be meeting and. People would meet five, six, eight people, you know, depending wow. on the positions, and and so we wanted to make sure everyone was comfortable with you know with them, and and so all I was really there to see, you know, what you know, what's the culture fit? Are they, are they, you know, a good fit for, um, you know, f- for the company? And I would ask questions like, you know, so if you if you were out shopping, you know, do you, you what's your preference in terms of shopping? How do you how do you shop today? And when you have someone say something like. Um, you know, I just go to, you know, I go to Amazon prime, you know, it's just the easiest thing. I just, I just shop online. Yeah. And then, and then I'll say, would well, you ever go down like main street where, you know, near where you live and, you know, either, you know, partake in going into galleries or restaurants or salons or, you know, whatever, whatever businesses. And when someone says, well, no, I just don't really take the time to do that. You know, I just rather mm. kind of just be quick about, you know, then you say, okay, well, I'm not sure that's going to be a good culture fit because the the customers that we're serving are small businesses on main street. Right. Uh, and so, so we would, we would learn, we would learn and uh, you know, things about folks. And, and if we had a lot of people interviewing them, you know, it was, it, then, then we get a consensus of a group as opposed to just one, you know, one person potentially making a decision on, on a hire um, unless, you know, you know, we'd have a few, if it's a situation where they were known already or coming in through, you know, a bunch of other, 
you know, current employees that, that they knew that knew this person well. Uh, yeah. But we just, we just made it a point to have a consensus and a group group decisions on a lot of the, a lot of those hires. That's impressive. I mean, yeah. I mean, so you're sitting there having interviews with people on the front lines all the way up. I think for the entrepreneurs listening to this, it says a lot that no matter how big or small your company is, the CEO, the founders, they really need to be involved in those little interactions because those little interactions pivot into very large ripple effects all the way through the company. And I know like Ryan and I have been getting questions from a lot of entrepreneurs in the last, uh, I don't know, four, four to six weeks since uh, everything has happened in our economy. Now so many businesses are thrust into working remotely. So communication is so different right now. And we've been getting a lot of questions about this, about culture. Um, from your perspective, how do you keep culture in place when a business is so remote and, you know, you have employees all over the country, all over the world. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, you know, the, the, the challenges that face us today are, are varied. Um, and again, it would, would, uh, the answer may differ if it's, you know, a small business on main street that's now, now closed with everyone sheltering in home or, or, uh, you know, sort of a larger global company that that's just seeing a halt or, or, or stall in, in, in business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now more than ever, there 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 needs to be you know uh, extra communication, and this is true in life in general. I mean, I'm I'm talking to my family daily. Where <laughs> I tell you, you know, that didn't happen for a long time. I just <laughs> occasionally when I was in a car ride, I'm like, let me call them, you know, every three three days or every five days or whatever. So right. so I think over communicating because because you know at this point, yeah, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people just aren't you know the ones that work from home today. Uh, and are virtual, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is no big deal for them. They're used to social distancing and, and sure. then operating, you know, in front of their computer and on, on their phone and not having that interaction, you know, mm-hmm. having that, you know, especially for those that live alone, you know, you're, you're now thrust in a situation where you don't have the water cooler talks. You don't have anyone to go to lunch to, or take a quick walk outside or whatever you would do something after work, you know? And so I think the communication is, is even more important and you need to amp that. And we certainly have all the tools today where we can be doing the virtual conversations and uh-huh. uh, you know, video chatting and, and so, and so forth. And then of course, all the other tools for the, the real time communication on projects and, and man, you know, sort of managing things more online than you would do with standups and, and other things, um, you know, if, if you were face to face. So, so it's really key. It's key to, to have additional communication, um, and even even as a small startup, you know, who's who's mm. working on an idea. I think now there's more opportunity to communicate with people that you might have wanted to get to before. You know, so for example, if you were a startup with an idea and you wanted to go talk to your target market, I'll bet you can find folks who will jump on the phone and chat with you, or do a video chat, or or watch watch a demonstration of a, of something and get their feedback because because people do have more time. You know, and, and um, you know, uh, I'm just surprised. I'm just uh, sort of surprised that uh, the opportunity that exists with you know taking ideas for- forward because people will be more accessible. Whether it could be an investor, it could be a mentor, advisor, right. or a coach, or 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 an employee, or a customer partner. Mm-hmm. Like you, know, you can get a hold of folks, and they'll they'll afford you some time now, probably more so than if they were in the day to day tactics and you know really. Oh, busy. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Wow. The amount of insight that you're sharing is just screaming experience. I, I just, 
I got to thank you for incredibly thoughtful answers, uh, just generally. Appreciate that. Thank you. So to follow up on that, can you share with us why you chose to leverage channel partners or what we sometimes refer to as business alliances to grow constant contact? Oh, yeah. So so um, one of the things that most people don't know is that, uh, well, when, when starting constant contact, you know, going out and talking to different people about investment or loan, you know, bank loans or this, that or the other, you know, I haven't asked the question, how are you going to scale? You know, how are you going to grow this thing? You know, it's and they, they would say things like no one sells to small business. You know, it's really hard to go door to door. Nobody, you know, uh, no one's going to use the, um, you know, an email marketing tool. They have an inbox. Like, why would they use a tool like this? Like, I could give you a, a thousand things that they would say that that would be sort of the objections as to why, why, uh, you know, why they think we wouldn't succeed. Um, and of course, you know, our going out, our going out and talking, uh, talking to small businesses and, and, and hearing what they, their, their goals and objectives. And, and if we met those, they, you know, they'd say that, you know, they definitely would be interested in what we're doing. Uh, that, that gave us the motivation sort of to proceed and not take, I take, you know, no, no means not now to me. Yeah. Like anyone, <laughs> it means not now. And, and even as a kid, if my mother if I said, mom, can I have some ice cream? She's like, no. And I just knew by the end of that day or night, I would get some. And I did. <laughs> um, so I just moved that into the business realm to, to just say, it's just not the timing's not right or whatever it may be. But when we started, you know, uh, my background uh, was, uh, uh, you know, channels. And I had success in doing that with some startups before Constant Contact. We, we set out to do channels and, you know, just, you know, had a built up a great smart team that, you know, we, we went out and assessed all of the types of channel partners. And as I mentioned, when, when the company sold, we had over 8,000 partners in place, or, you know, which would be alliances or our, our partners or, you know, channel partners or business partners or you know, kind of, how you know, all the names kind of lead, lead back to trusted resources and other organizations that your target customers hanging out with. Yes. And how do you get exposed to the to your target customer through another intermediary? So instead of one to one going out and close, you know, talking to small businesses and closing them one on one, we had to do a one to many where we could get exposed to a lot from those partners. And so we were setting up large and small, you know, partnerships, alliances, etc. Uh, you know, in the earlier days, and um, and so so when we started out, I you know I got four customers to just you know validate, get feedback brutal, honest feedback. And the other, <laughs> way, the other way you get that is don't go to someone you know, don't go to someone you've done business with, don't go to a family member, right. go to someone you've never known and done business with, and you'll get brutal, honest feedback. And so we were able to do that um, with four. And they also turned into being early, uh, you, know, uh, case, you know, sort of case study references. So as we were going out to land channel partners, you know, they would say, well, do you have any references? I'm like, well, I'll give you three. And they're like, do you have any more? I'm like, I'll give you one more. And no one asked for a fifth, thank God. <laughs> so yeah. And so don't tweet that. But but the secret was just we had, you know, we just had enough to to convince, convince folks that we would be the right digital marketing and email marketing solution for their their members or their customers, which ultimately were our target market. Okay. That's great. I mean, my my entrepreneur heart is so happy right now uh, with this conversation. I we talk a lot with small, medium sized companies, and I can't tell you how often I run across entrepreneurs when I'm looking at their marketing plan. 
they just don't have much or anything going on with their channel partners or their business alliances. It's It seems like this blind spot that a lot of entrepreneurs, for whatever reason, just ignore or don't give a lot of credence to. And I, I love the fact that someone of, of your knowledge and status has validated the the power of this and how you're able to leverage it from conception all the way up to here. I mean, 8,000 channel partners. I mean, this is mind boggling to me. Like literally, I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around how that came to be. But that is that is beautiful, like so beautiful as a business. I hope all the entrepreneurs that are listening right now are are taking some serious notes and are going to start to follow up on this and start to work on their business alliance sector of their company. It is so, so, so powerful. Yeah, I'll just give you two points around that. And I appreciate Please. appreciate, appreciate the, uh, the, the kind words. The first thing I would say is that... that um, when someone asks you, how are you going to scale? The answer is not hire 100 salespeople, uh, which a lot of people think it's just, we'll just get more salespeople and they'll go bang on doors. And we'll, yeah. you know, when there's 30 million small businesses, associations and nonprofits in North America, you're not going to go knocking on doors of 30 million. You don't have enough revenue to go do, you know, the air cover marketing, uh, which, you know, you, today you'll see ads on, uh, and hear ads on radio, see ads on TV for constant mm-hmm. contact. They're playing all the time on at least five to seven stations in any 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 sort of secondary or major city, and so 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 uh, you don't have the flywheel has to get going. You've got to get your revenue up, and eventually you you'll have the funds to, to do that. So 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 first and foremost, the, you know it's um, uh, this is the answer to scaling, uh, and so the second point I would make is that. For the average business out there, it doesn't matter what, I've tested this with everything, uh, every different type of business, uh, product, service, nonprofit, association member org, uh, you know, there's at least 15 categories of channel partners or alliances that you could work with. And each wow. business has got to be different, but ones in the same space will be similar. So, for example, the one that everyone shares, no matter what you do, is association and member orgs. And so... Every business has gathers groups, uh, national, regional, local. There's groups gathering of your target market that are getting together. And, and if they're like-minded, uh, like restaurants, the National Restaurant Association, Realtors, National Re- Real Estate Association, I've spoken at all of them. They, you know, they, get, they get together. And, uh, and so there's opportunities for you to, to, since we're all doing something different here, like you wouldn't be in, uh, starting your business unless you were doing uh, taking something that exists today and doing it better or creating something new that didn't exist before. Like we did with constant contact, um, you know, Airbnb, Uber, et cetera. And so, so you're in one of those camps, the majority are, are seeing a product or service and just executing on it better. Um, and so, 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 uh, take what you, what you're doing that's unique. Don't give away secret sauce, but package it up as best practices. And all the associations and the member orgs will welcome you in to teach, you know, their, their, their members, uh, which are your target customers, how to, how to uh, succeed in business, you know, or, or advance their business or, or uh, gain more customers, revenue, whatever it may be. And, and so all of those organizations will say, well, we don't let vendors, we don't allow vendors in, to, to speak and so on. Well, I'll tell you, I have more lanyards, which were which took up a whole wall in a, in a conference room that was dedicated to me, of all the lanyards, of all the keynote spe- speeches I gave over the years as, as, as a vendor coming in, speaking, but providing thought leadership and best practices. Wow. That's awesome. 
Yeah, that, those are those are all the real trophies we want. Is that people wanted to know, you know, what I want, what I could share with them, and how I could help them improve their businesses. It sounds, you know, what's coming between the lines for me, and what I'm really hearing from you is a deep passion for helping others and for sharing that kind of wisdom to see others be able to do what you want to do, which is to provide a pleasant experience. Correct. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of learnings in this, and you know, as I mentioned, there's those 15 categories on the alliance side, and and so I gave everyone one because, and then when you look at just association of member orgs, you could find the association of what you're doing, and there's a bunch of them that 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 people are paying a membership fee to 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 get into, um, uh, read read their publications, hear their webinars, their podcasts, their interviews, you know, get their magazine, go to their conferences, and you hear talks. You have a lot of ways that you can get exposed, and they're hungry for content that's got a uh, that they can provide, as well as offerings they can provide to the target market, uh, uh, to your target market, uh, because that just that just solidifies why they're paying the membership fee every year. They're like they thank them for bringing in someone who's who's helped them, you know, kind of you know raise the water level of their own business. And, and, and collectively as a group who are the same. And so so there's a lot of power in that. So that's one. There's at least 14 others minimum <laughs> business. So I'll challenge everyone to go off and get on a whiteboard and start thinking about where's our target customer hanging out? What are the trusted resources that they're leaning on to learn about products and services like us? There's influencers, there's bloggers, there's all kinds of uh, uh, folks. There's also uh, complimentary products and services you know, there's consultants and there's um, agencies and others that focus on on working with your target market. There's PR firms. There's whatever, whoever it is. There's there are folks that are trusted going into that target customer of yours and and talking about about products and services that you could be partnering with uh, as and creating some sort of an alliance to to get right. you exposed. So on the heels of that, and in the spirit of it, something that we're asking just about everyone that we're interviewing is. How do you know when, as a business owner or a C-suite member, that it's time to revamp a marketing effort or to juice up the brand to get ahead of the competitive marketplace or even to catch up? Sure. Yeah. With, when we started, so so when Constant Contact started, um, you know, the, the original premise was level the playing field for small businesses against their big competitors. The big competitors had enterprise tools for email marketing and digital marketing. They had agencies. They had you know they had full teams. They had tech folks. They had all the stuff they needed. They had designers. You know, the, then Main Street had nothing, and, um, right. and and so so it was really you know to for for us coming out was to to create a self service easy to use tool uh, that was very low uh, low cost. You know, it started at uh, you know fifteen twenty dollars a month. Started free and then it was fifteen twenty dollars a month. And then um, when you um, um, when you, when all you had to worry about was who am I gonna who am I going to communicate or send a send a you know a campaign to what do I want to say and when do I want to send it so they didn't have to know anything technical no no other folks involved there was templates and it was easy to change colors and do all kinds of stuff so we had to sort of make that really really simple and easy so we we're the first to market doing that. Um, this is, we were also one of the first two SaaS offerings, you know, so everyone talks about SaaS, you know, it was yeah. ASP and uh, application service provider, then it became SaaS. Now, now it's cloud. It'll be named something else in a few years, I'm sure. <laughs> so, so everyone, everyone, um, you know, the, 
that you that's at your fingertips today to create an application where you build it once and share many or rent it rent it many. Um, you know that didn't exist initially, but it, within a couple of years, that that came into the uh, uh, into the foray, and we were one of the first two SaaS applications ever. You know, and, and on the IBM platform, we were written up. You know, a case study for for being one of those that 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 was a, that allowed to do it. And so, so we were we were leading uh, creating a whole sort of uh, industry around uh, digital marketing, uh, self service uh, SaaS. You know, um, tools for for small business. And of course, today there's probably a hundred companies that do what, you know claim to do what we do, what we were doing, and um, and so yeah, the competitive co- you know the competitive landscape was growing. Uh, we had some some folks that just offered it completely free, you know, to a pretty high level, and so you know there was sort of the feeling that you know some people would say, well, you know, that's is that going to kill your business? Right. And in fact, it ended up and uh, our business grew because there were other platforms that people could trial. And not necessarily be able to get the the, the hand holding and support and the ease of use and call us anytime and mm-hmm. get a, get a call in the first forty eight hours by a marketing coach to help you and you know there are a lot of things we've had in our secret sauce to delight the customer and so we were we were able to, we were staying ahead uh, but we also you know some of those just afforded us the opportunity for and including enterprise tools coming down market. Uh, that that you know Microsoft and others that tried to, to bring out a small business tool and eventually threw in the towel and and we worked with all of those to bring their customers over onto our platform. Um, so so we we had to you know we had to constantly uh, find ways to innovate. You know other folks were creating some cool stuff as well. We had a lot of people that were copying everything we were doing, including taking screenshots off our website and using it on there. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we, we had to constantly shut people down from doing some of those things, but oh my gosh, you know, we had to stay ahead of it. And you know, and at the end of the day, when you look at all the competitors, you know, 60, 70% of what we did was the same. And then it was, where did we differ on the offering and where did we differ on how we delighted the customer? And I think uh, definitely on the delighting the customer, we won that, we won that hands down. And, and today it continues to be, you know, sort of one of the secret things that, that we did in, in teaching, you know, going around, we did over 7,000 events a year where we taught small businesses for free how to, how to, how to um, you know, put this into the fold or how to take it to the next level. And, you know, others tried to spin up, you know, their, their conferences, but everyone was selling, trying to sell people. Um, so we, we had a, a great, great uh, way about it, you know, you know, with, you know, millions of small businesses that we would, we would, we would have FaceTime with. And then we lived into, to the experience, uh, I think better than anyone and functionality, mm-hmm. you know, it was a functionality uh, war of who, who had the better features here, there and everywhere. But uh, right. that's, that's to be, that's to be seen, um, you know, with any, with any market where, no, of, co- of course, of course. And I think that everything that you're saying serves to underscore that whether it's business performance or, you know, education, um, even athletics, you know, right on down to every, any topic you can imagine, th- this is no different. It comes down to effort, mm-hmm. right. And commit and commitment and, you know, having integrity to your brand pillars, which for you, uh, delighting the customer, it sounds like it was the biggest one. And that, that really worked out for you. Well, and I just, I love like Alec, you, you talking about this makes me so happy to see that there's this, you know, very large industry leading company that started small and has become this this industry leader and the culture is so important to you. The customer experience is so important to you. And what I think entrepreneurs really need to hear, and I want to make sure I'm underlining this right now, is that customer experience 
is everything. It's not this thing you think about later. It's not something that you hope exists. It's something that you put all your time and energy in because it's the differentiator. There's so many business owners out there that are just trying to produce money. They're so focused on the money, the money, the money, and they don't understand that it's the experience to focus on. Money happens. Money is an end result of something. It's not the thing to focus on. So it, it just it makes me so excited that you're you're underscoring that for us. It's it's just really amazing. It really is. I appreciate that. And I, the thing I would say there is that you know you you know most people live in the world of, of taking a, a perspective customer, so a suspect to a prospect to a customer. Mm-hmm. They live in that that uh, uh, continuum or the funnel, if you will. But then when you move from customer to repeat customer to fan to raving fan, like. That when you if you have a great customer experience and you you uh, surprise and delight and you create wow moments and you do things for the customer, you know they get on this happy path with you and you can track that happy path in a myriad of different ways to see if it if it's staying constant or it's going down or it's going up and mm-hmm. and you can see it when it when it changes. What did you do? Did we ignore our customers for a while and then some just sort of faded away or or did we did we bring out something that uh, changed what they were doing before and they're not happy? Uh, you know, so you got to survey and get feedback. But but the, the bottom line is that, um, you know, that uh, if you move, if you if your customer experience is something that, you know, uh, delighting the customer is something that's a mantra for the company, then everything you're doing is going to make sure that the, comp- the customer will be happy and, and you want to make it frictionless and you want to mm-hmm. make it something dynamic and uh, and and that they see there's great value. You want to be surveying them and getting their feedback and including them in the decisions of what we're going to do next or, you know, uh, as we're enhancing what features do people want and this, that, and the other. Um, so all of that, all of that is important. But one of the key things that it results in, uh, which we saw, you know, at, at an incredible level was, you know, 50%. So half the business in constant contact was referral. Wow. And so, so that's either someone talking to it like, Hey, what are you using? Well, we use constant contact, you know, um, or they, they saw a good looking email in their inbox and scroll down and saw our logo. And so 50% of our business came as that sort of uh, referral. That's amazing. And so, uh, and so I don't want to use the, the term viral today, but, uh, <laughs> good call. <laughs> Uh, and so, so, you know, referrals, the word, I guess, of the week, but, or the month or whatever. But, uh, so, so we, 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 um, you know, we, because we, half the business came from, from, from the, the, that, that experience being felt by our customers or are creating, you know, an award-winning offering that they used. And then people that saw it liked it, you know, is, is just really powerful. And everyone says, oh, I want to get more referrals and I want my customers to tell others, well, if you're not giving them like you know a great experience, they're not going to, and, and eventually they won't be on a happy path, and they'll sort of just you leave. A lot of times you leave the customer alone because we got to go get new right. prospects. Well, your best prospect is your current customer, absolutely, because, because of the relationships that they have. They're a trusted resource that their other people will listen to, and then you know come come to you. And so so it's really important internally and externally. That, that you, you live into this because it, it comes back in spades if you do it right. Yeah. Well, this has been brilliant so far. So I want to shift gears. So we've been talking very logical business. I want to kind of shift gears now and kind of get into some 
kind of unconventional questions that a lot of entrepreneurs aren't necessarily talking about. So morning routines is something I'm very passionate about. I, my morning routine serves me very well. It's been a huge part of my life. You know, my first business coach taught me my morning routine when I was 21 and my business coaches and spiritual teachers since have been really working and, and honing that routine over the years. And I'm just curious, uh, I, I don't know the answer to this question, but do you have a morning routine or, or something that you do that keeps you grounded, keeps you focused on the things in your life that matter to you? Yeah, so, so I do have, uh, there's some things that matter to me a lot. Um, and, um, and so, so uh, I, unfortunately, I just lost my, my sidekick, uh, uh, Pup, but, but my, morning, my, my three times a day routine was to take him on a long walk and uh, we've got, you know, just beautiful landscape to see in, you know, in Boston that I would just, you know, just get lost in a walk. And, and, and many times I would just uh, put my phone on mute and just check if something is important, if it's vibrating, I'll look and see if I need to take the call, but I try to try to check out. And it was like my own sort of form of just, you know, head clearing and, yeah. and uh, sort of, uh, sort of almost meditation uh, on the fly, if you will. But, but, it, but, um, you know, I do, there were things that I'm passionate about that, that I also we try to weave in, uh, it, not necessarily every day, but as, as often as I can, because, uh, you know, it's my runner's high where things, you know, getting out on the water, whether it be sailing or boating. And, mm-hmm. and also I'm a drummer. So if I get oh, anything, okay. with, anything with music, um, you know, I'd often put on music and, and, uh, bang away or, or I, you know, you know, I would try to try to just, just incorporate the things that I love, um, to just step away from it. You know, and so I think one of the things that we, we get caught up uh, in, in not not stepping away um, often, you know, I, I try to have a routine to when I when I, you know, uh, go to the bedroom and uh, the, you know, the, take, the phone doesn't sit next to my head. Good. Uh, I try to, try to I, I, I'm slowly, slowly detaching myself to move it further and further away. <laughs> it's, it's important. I mean, listen, I, my friends know this. I've never had email on my cell phone in the history of my 20 year entrepreneur career. Never, never had email on, never will have email on my phone. Um, yeah. So wow. that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to acknowledge you and then ask you one kind of send off question here because of, uh, I know we're running tight on time. So what I want to say to you is, listen, it, it's one, thank you for taking the time to be with us. There are so many people that I'm sure want your time and energy. And I want you to know that Ryan and I and everyone listening, we really, really honestly appreciate you. Two, I can imagine there are so many tough conversations and things you've had to do, late nights, stress, decisions, you've had to do so much that none of us will ever know about that you've never been acknowledged for. So I just really want to thank you for being the person that you are and all the contribution that you're now giving to us. It's, it's amazing. And we just were really honored that you would share this information with us. So thank you. No, I really appreciate it. The, the, your, uh, um, I, the kind words you know, uh, are felt and I, and I do, do appreciate you. Appreciate all, all of that. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. So final question for you. So there you are, you get an opportunity to go back and tell your young entrepreneur self, the gentleman who's building his very first business. What's the advice, the nugget? Like what would you impart on that, that young man who is building his very first business? Yeah. So, so I would, um, 
I would center this around uh, obstacles and and uh, you know uh, things that are getting in the way. And so, so what I, what I've I've learned and and I certainly speak to often is that um, we're, we're all sitting here today, uh, and and there's probably something on our mind that that's an obstacle or a, or a blocker to move forward. So we go into the office, and you know we'll we'll take a piece of paper, we'll write on the first line, put a blank little box to the left of it. And then, you know, we get into our day and we, odds are we don't even get to check that box because we didn't tackle that obstacle. And we, we put it on the list of the next day and so on. And so, so uh, learning to take that obstacle and realize, okay, I'm not the first one that has had this obstacle. Let mm-hmm. me seek out counsel from those that have had it before, who failed it, trying to, trying to knock it down, who succeeded at it. Is there a way to break it down into smaller pieces so it's so not mon- you know, monumental and, yeah. and we we're, it's a blocker for us? Because the bottom line is you need to get the muscle memory to, to deal with these obstacles. And when you deal with the first obstacle uh, uh, and, and you, know, you, you can celebrate, uh, there's one behind it that's bigger. And you've got to get the muscle memory to deal with that one. And guess what? The one behind that one's even bigger. And so I learned that as you're moving, you know, th- there's always problems. There's always obstacles. Uh, one, I laugh things off as much as possible in life and find <laughs> everything in life. And I hate to say it, even the, some of the worst scenarios, but, but it's like, that's how I deal with things. And I get others around me because we get the endorphins going and then we can clear our heads a little bit and then figure out how do we tackle it. So when I, I used to carry that stress, I used to have that weigh on me. I would put this thing down on a piece of paper five days in a row and not touch it. And, and, I, and I, finally I realized that like, I can't move forward if I don't clear those things. And so it's really important to get that muscle memory and the, and the process that you would use to knock them down because the bigger ones that are behind it, you know, you won't be so monumental. And th- this is what most, this is what causes most startups to fail and, and most uh, entrepreneurs to throw in the towel. Like yeah. they're like, something hits and they're like, okay, this is it. And you know what? It's not, you know, just deal with it and get it done. You know, get it out of your way and just be ready for the one that's sitting behind it. You know, this happens in everything in life. You know, that, you know, um, in the football analogy, someone kicks off in the, and the receiver's in the end zone and gets it and he starts to run out. Do you think that, you know, the, the first person he's got to run into is going to be his biggest obstacle? No. that <laughs> knows where the direction he's running and, and can, can line up to try to tackle him. And he's got to avoid that one. You know what? The one, the three guys behind him, you know, that are going to tackle them are, are really set for it. So when that guy can go from, from one end zone to the other, 100 yards and score a touchdown, you know, that's obstacle handling at its best. True. Well said. Very, very powerful. Very powerful. Alec, is there anything that you would like to share that you're working on or a, a cause that maybe you're supporting right now? Anything that you want to plug before we say goodbye? Yeah, and I appreciate it. Uh, um, yeah, so so – uh, folks can can find me also just uh, at Alec Speaks A L E C Speaks S P E A K S AlecSpeaks dot com, and it does outline you know just some more stuff about what I'm what I'm involved with. Um, you know I'm I'm about looking at um, large you know billion dollar markets that are seventy five years or older where innovation hasn't really entered into the mix, and so so I've I've teamed up with two other co-founders and we've created an innovation think tank and we're creating manufactured products for medical device, uh, consumer, and also B2B. Um, and so we've, you know, we're out disrupting markets. So we created a, 
for example, a cane uh, and a grasper. So, you know, the reaching grasper to pick up stuff and then walking mm, cane. Yeah. And we put them together and we have a patent for a concealed uh, grasper inside a cane. It's called the reacher grasper cane. And so, so we decided we were going to create the best grasper because the ones in the market were terrible. Uh, and did, they broke, you know, pretty quickly. And then the canes are all those, you know, we're all used to that gray handled one that you get in a hospital. <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's obviously room for a lot of improvement. Um, and so we put those two, two products together, patented it and brought it to market, which gives somebody their mobility uh, and their independence and, and, and also convenience back. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so there, you know, you go into a store and you can't reach something and grab it or pick something off the floor uh, in the case of my mom, she had had her both knees replaced and, you know, couldn't really get down to the ground very easily. And she walked out to her car and dropped her keys and had to wait 20 minutes. Oh, no. So could come, uh, you know, and, and pick the keys up for her. And she didn't want to leave the car with the keys sitting next to the car because that's potential for someone to want to take a nice joyride. Um, so she waited. And so, so you know, when after creating this, this product, uh, she's one of our biggest spokes, uh, spokeswomen for it because she's constantly dropping things and she just loves that, you know, hobbling along with a cane and then she can, she can be independent and do what she needs to do. So that's, that's, you know, working on things like that, which are, you know, making a difference to, to kind of what's out there today is, is kind of the focus. Um, and there's some other, some other ones we're, we're, we're working on as well. And, uh, so that's the kind of in my passion to, uh, co-found, you know, some of these, these, uh, entities to to solve some of those problems well thank you so much for sharing that with us and i know we've given you you know a couple of thank yous but i just want to give you one final one uh from aaron and from myself and for joining us today on the buildify method podcast we'll make sure to put your contact information um in the show notes uh so that if people do want to reach out and learn more about you or to find out more about the innovation think tank they absolutely can do so um, I want to thank everybody for joining us today on the Buildify Method podcast. We're trying to build a community of like-minded entrepreneurs just like yourself, the listeners. So make sure to please give us a like and a subscribe and leave us a review. Uh, it does help other people who are trying to get access to the tools and information and wonderful quality guests like Alec that we're trying to share every week uh, have access to that information and the ability to augment and grow their own businesses and experiences. Uh, we look forward to talking to you very soon and hope everybody has a fantastic rest of the week. Goodbye, everybody.